The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. My friends, I was reading the other day a little bit about Cham Ben Zion Now, Cham Ben Zion was one of the great poskim of the Sephardic uh, nation in the last God knows how long, but less than 100, 200 years. He's a shining light as a posek for the Jewish people. Cham Ben Zion He actually was Persian. Um, that's where he came from. He was kind of came from Persia, um, Iran, and he became a tremendous Talmich Chacham. His mother used to ask everyone that she would meet, "Bless me that my child should be a Talmich Chacham." And the child that was born to her from a very young age was a very special child. But for all of his Torah knowledge, you know, one of the amazing things that you read about this about this fellow is the way he interacted with the people in his life. And I just want to share a little bit about Cham Ben Zion what it looks like to build legacy, to create and to have a narrative of your life, that the life that you lived was worth living, it was worth speaking about. There was something there. I remember once seeing an advertisement for the army. They had this super high octane, you know, 30 second commercial. People, guy jumping out of planes, guy running across, liberating, you know, some hostages from a, from a terrorist cell, like crazy high, you know, shooting like this, running, find the plane taking off in the air. And then the end of it said, if your life was a movie, would anyone want to watch it? And I thought to myself, you know, what they're trying to sell you on is that it's a really good thing to lead a really exciting life. And I just imagine, what if the Torah made that same advertisement? Right? What would they show in that life, you know, that someone should want to watch your life? And with that in mind, I want to share with you a little bit about Cham Ben Zion, about Shaul. He was such a great scholar, but he never forgot how to treat people. He never forgot his humility. So listen to this. I want you to understand the power of what it looks like that a person could be so big but not lose touch with what really matters. There was a, a, a couple in his building that they used to drop off, they would both go out to work, so they didn't know who was going to come home first, so they would always drop a key to the apartment with the rabbi and his wife. He was already an elderly man, they were usually at home, so either he or his wife would be home, and they left the key in their apartment. Anyway, one day, uh, this woman knocks at the door, the rabbi's door, and she said, listen, um, rabbi, did my husband leave me the key? And the rabbi said, no, she, he didn't leave you the key. He's, uh, I guess he must have forgot. There's no, there's no key here on the shelf. He said, but if you want, I'm going now to study. Um, you're more than welcome to stay in the apartment until your husband gets home. She said, thank you so much, Rabbi. Uh, I really appreciate it. Anyway, the rabbi uh, puts on his coat. He leaves to go study. Anyway, the woman is sitting there 5, 10, 15 minutes. Eventually she realizes, you know what? My husband might not be home for a little while. Why don't I just go and go get the shopping done? She puts on her coat. She, uh, she uh, locks the door of the, the rabbi's door behind her, and she heads downstairs. Who's standing outside the front door of the building in the freezing cold? The rabbi. He made up that he was going to study because he wanted her to stay inside in the, warm, in the warmth of his apartment. But he knew, first of all, she would be uncomfortable standing there alone in the apartment with him. And second of all, maybe there's an issue of Yehud... Rabbi, so he, what did he do? He didn't say a word. He didn't tell her, maybe this, that, I'm not sure. You know, stay here, go in the back room, I'll lock myself in. I'm going to, I'm going to go, start, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go, I have to go anyway, you know. 
And he goes and he waits outside. Unbelievable. That was the sensitivity of the rabbi. The rabbi once got off of a bus uh, in Israel. And the bus driver, he noticed that the window was dirty. Anyway, so he sees outside the window that there's a, a young boy there. So he says, hey! And he says, he says, Tinakeli et vakasha. Please, could you clean the window? And he has a little uh, a dish rag, you know, that he used to... And he throws the rag to the kid outside. Anyway, the rabbi is standing at the bottom. He catches the dish rag. And he climbs up on the bus wheel and he starts wiping the window. He says, Rabbi, what are you doing? Yeah, the bus driver is humiliated. He says, I, I didn't mean I was, I was talking to the kid behind you, Rabbi. I would never have thrown a rag at you tell you to clean my window. The rabbi said, what? what? He says, there's something wrong with helping out another Jew? This is how the rabbi treated him. He looked at himself. This is how the rabbi treated the people, the people around him. He was a person of absolute, in, impeccable integrity, he, of uh, absolute humility, of absolute care and concern, you know, for everyone with him. When the time came in Yehuda Sadka, when Chamezra uh, Atiyah passed away in Porat Yosef, so normally there's a, a struggle for power, who's going to take over? In this yeshiva, it was exactly the opposite. Rabbi Yehuda Tzadka said, I refuse to take the job. Why? Because Cham Ben Zion should be appointed. Cham Ben Zion said, I refuse to take the job. Why? Yehuda Tzadka should be appointed. And they're fighting back and forth. The yeshiva has no Rosh Yeshiva of Porat Yosef. So finally, he goes to Rabbi Yehuda Tzadka. He says, Rabbi, why are you not taking the job? The rabbi says, because I think that someone else is more worthy for the job than me. You. So says, well, why do you think I'm more worthy of the job than you? He says, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a rabbi, I'm a, Rosh, I'm, a, I'm a teacher in the yeshiva, but you're a posek. You're someone that rules on halachic matters. So you're of a higher level than me, you should run the yeshiva. Chamenzion said, if I'm a posek, then I rule that you have to be the rabbi of the yeshiva, and you have to listen to me. If you Sadka had no choice, so he became the Rosh Yeshiva. In the end, a little a while passed, and the rabbi passed away, and Rabbi Chamenzion Abashul also became the Rosh Yeshiva of Porat Yosef. But he had such great Talmidim, like Rabbi Reuven Elbaz is his student, Chamenzion Musafi is his student, Ham Yaakov Yosef, Hamavadiyah's son, was his student. He had, he had many great students that went on to lead uh, unbelievable communities and Am Yisrael, but they all shone with that incredible care and concern for someone else. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.